0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed.
1: min <inaudible> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the ever merciful. Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Today is Monday the 19th of September 2022 and we are presenting on this Bank Holiday Monday live from the Breakfast Studios uh, from the Southland Studios of Voice of Islam. Um, and this is your host, uh, Daniel Zia, with the Imam Shahzeb Athar and my namesake, uh, Imam Daniel as well. Um, this um, show is dedicated to the remembrance of the Queen, to the life of the Queen, to the um, legacy of the Queen, to what the Queen meant to all of us. Um, and that is what we will talk about throughout the duration of uh, this show. And this is um, what the show is going to be all about. Today, as you all know, um, is the day when the funeral of the Queen uh, takes place in West uh, Westminster Abbey, I think um, from 11 a.m. onwards today. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, also then um, the burial, which takes place later in... Uh, uh, in Windsor so um uh, we shall talk about that we shall uh, be talking to um a, a few a few guests who uh we will be asking what to what to them the queen um uh, what did the queen mean to them what was um uh, what is it the uh, that they think is her legacy so that's um what we we shall be talking about um and on that note, um, let me welcome my co-host, um, Imam Shazib Ather. As-salamu alaykum. Uh, Peace uh, be with you.
2: Wassalamu rahmatullah. Very good morning. How and
1: very good morning to you as well,
2: Mr. Zia. It's been a minute, it's um, but it's um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, it's a very sad occasion. The last day today um, you know, of the uh, you know the Majesty Her Majesty's funeral will be today. The last day of the um, the queue, I think, which would have been wrapped up by now. I think. That the mm. last people that would have joined um, would be last night would have yeah. been last night, i think around eleven ish they paused members from joining the queue um and uh, you know yes, there has been you know a couple of bumps in the road in terms of you know um this lunatics trying to um disrupt the um the service um you know I think two people may have been arrested, one within the hall uh um hall and one perhaps um, outside or something rather. Um In any case, you know, overall, I think th- the way that the authorities, the way that the um, you know, different agencies have made sure that it all runs smoothly, the are operation really, it's been um, like clockwork. Um, and so, you know, that's fantastic to see, especially when there's so many world leaders, I think 500 or so world leaders have joined um, in coming here to the UK and commemorating and remembering the queen. Uh, for all that she has done and achieved, um, mm. so it's you know a, a great achievement on the one side, and you know naturally on the other side, it's um, a great loss for the United Kingdom you know, to lose a monarch, um, or, you know such a calibre, um, you know who reigned for 70 odd years, or 70 years in fact. Mm. I and mean, just looking at those archive clips, you know, whenever the, they do come over the um, the news or whenever you know mm. one sees them, it's just amazing to see you know how many prime ministers she's met. Um, You know the world wars, um, various you know um, things that have happened in the past in our history, and the Queen's been part of keeping you know the kingdom united, um, which has been you know fantastic to say the least. And you know a lot of uh, immediate family members, you can see the grief on their faces, but the way that they are so stoic, which they have to be, is you know very it's, it's it's. inspiring really to see yeah um, the way they are so composed in time in this difficult time especially the, the new King King Charles the third mm. you know I spare a minute for him I don't think he perhaps I may be wrong here know, he has had a minute to himself with all of those Correct. engagements uh, you know whether it's in Scotland in Wales I, th- I think it was just the other day up and down the country um, but i guess that's just part of part he's of the just, job. Uh,
1: he's just carried himself impeccably. I think uh, yeah, he's he's definitely made a great start in terms of following in her mother's footsteps. Uh uh footsteps you you touched on something very important, something um, something that really hit a nerve for me anyways. Um, I don't know if anybody anybody else. You know these protests that um uh that that have been taking place and and, and there is a huge um debate about that in the in the media as well about the right to protest about um, um uh, the right of people to um uh, to show uh, whatever is it that they feel but um you know my personal feel feeling over there is that uh, there's a time and place for everything mm.
3: um
1: there is something called um human decency mm. um and uh while i i absolutely and unequivocally believe in the in the in the right of everybody to express themselves in in the freedoms that we have but but all freedoms are, you know, there's got to be a limit to to anybody's you know yes. they say there used to be a proverb that you know my hand needs to stop where your nose know starts so mm-hmm. you know there's always a limit to um to what one should and shouldn't say and uh, there's got to be um you know human decency has got to prevail here
2: exactly I completely agree you know at the end of the day a person's passed away and every religion I believe teaches to show a level of respect Um and even if you know an individual isn't you know following a faith then common decency would dictate that sh- you know respect is shown so for those people that do protest you know this is our this is my you know and I believe your opinion that there has to be a level of respect a level of dignity shown especially to you know an individual who served the country and at the end of the day her her role was you know protector of all faiths and, you know serving the united kingdom in the capacity that she did oh. um and you know we've only been asked to really show that level of respect to go out and protest against monarchy and to believe um, to have, you know, um, the opinions of being a Republican—it's all well and good, but it's like you mentioned there's a time and place for everything. And I think this is where the question around freedom of speech, you know, mm. um, draws in so many um, question marks because of its, you know, th- there is no clause; it's just too open, mm. um, and everything needs to be within the limits and bounds, whatever it may be. So, I think. Though Those protesters themselves have faced you know repercussions for their actions. I think there's been a lot of backlash um, but on the on the other side you know there haven't been you know that many or they ha- they haven't been that many been that been killed sure. by the media sure. Um, I think that's overall. It's been I, I, more. They, of
1: a they, I think they need to be They you know, Yeah, they she, need. You to know, be. she's absolutely. I mean, she's she's really uh, she's carried really herself Im- you know, look, so well, mm, impeccably, and, mm. and and you know, she's she's done her duty to the country. Mm. She served the country for 70 years, and yes, I mean, you can you can protest all you want. Let the funeral uh, mm. procession pass and then you know you, you'll have your lifetime to to protest I mean, there's uh, there's something uh, you've
2: got to be nowadays people just need s- any odd reason to protest anyway you've got to be sensitive to other yeah. people's emotions you've exactly. got
1: to be respectful I, and i think in this whole debate about freedom of press and freedom of speech and freedom of to do anything mm-hmm. and everything we've just forgotten that Well, this is the work society
2: isn't this is the work society um which is a shame, you know, to, to see the trajectory that our society is going towards, where, you know, opinions, it's all just, you know, a, a collection of opinions, um, which, you know, don't coincide with the stature of things, with with, with the circumstances. and mm. But nonetheless, I think overall, I think the majority of people have shown a great love, affection, and dedication Absolutely. towards the monarch. In huge uh, numbers. In huge numbers, you know. Where we are in um in North London, you know there's been a great amount of occasions um mm-hmm. commemorating and remembering the Queen for all her services, mm-hmm. you know very short notice you know, the end of the Muslim community up and down the country um what day is it today Monday just last week in fact you know held several um mm-hmm. gatherings mm-hmm. whereby you know the, com- the, the Queen's service was mentioned. Mm-hmm her role within the British Foundation, within mm-hmm. British society was mentioned and this was, you know, celebrated on a national level. So mm-hmm. as Muslims, we as Emily Muslims, we appreciate and, you know, remember the Queen for all that she was and all that she did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a commitment which, you know, all of us can only try and um you know endeavour to uphold the commitment and service that she, you know, um, had um and i think we envy various parts of you know what she achieved and you know how she to the last sort of breath she kept to her role of you know serving uh, her nation um which is you know unprecedented the levels to which that she did so but um yeah i think now you know as as the way the things are the, the monarchy it. It doesn't pause, you know, once a monarch passes, yep. the, the the air, you know, effectively grabs that baton or grabs a rein and, um, you know, continues on. Exactly. Um,
1: that's the, And that's the, you know, that's how leadership is supposed to be. That's how it is in politics as well. And that's, uh, you know, that's what um, carries the country into the future. Right. Um, as we said, this is a special show to... Uh, to uh, commemorate, celebrate, talk about the life uh, of the Queen. Uh, We shall therefore not be talking about um, any other news items today that uh, uh, is usually the case uh, in our Monday morning shows. Uh, Not today, though. We will uh, take a quick break, however, and when we come back, we will continue to talk about what the Queen meant to all of us and what the Queen's legacy is. Please do join us in this discussion by calling us at 0208687 7878. You can also tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Allah. Allah,
0: Allah, Allah
3: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio.
1: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to this live edition of The Breakfast Show from South London Studios of Voice of Islam. We're talking about the Queen, the life of the Queen today, the legacy of uh, the Queen. Um, just to um, recap what's um, in terms of what's uh, happening today... Um, so, um, according to the BBC, Prince George and Princess Charlotte will be able to join more than 2,000 guests at the, Queen, the Queen's funeral today at the Westminster Abbey. Nine-year-old George and his sister, Seven, will form part of a procession with the royal family following the coffin as it enters the church. Um, towards the end of the service, the last post will be played before the nation observes a two-minute silence. Word leaders, dignitaries uh, have gathered in this, uh, or will gather in this uh, 13th century church today uh, from about 11 a.m. British Standard Time. The king and the queen consort will lead the procession behind the queen's coffin. Um, the prince and princess of Wales will walk ahead of George and the seven-year-old Charlotte who called the queen uh, Gan Gan, followed by their aunt and uncle Um, Duchess and the Duke of Sussex, as well as other members of the royal family. The order of the service shows a service uh, filled with traditional church music and readings from the Bible, with a sermon from the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby. Prime Minister Liz Truss will read a lesson with prayers from religious leaders, including Cardinal Winston Nichols, uh, the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Westminster. The funeral will hear prayers for the Queen's long reign, with the Dean of Westminster, David Hoyle, commending her long life of selfless service. The Abbey says this will be the first funeral of a monarch held here since the 18th century, although there have been more recent funerals for the spouses of the monarchs. The music at this historic service will be in keeping with the Queen's faith and tastes. The um, Baroness Scotland, Secretary General of the Commonwealth, will deliver one of the readings which are interspersed with hymns, including uh, The Day Thou Gravest Lord is Ended, um, and some others. Um, um, As the state funeral comes to an end, the last post will be played, followed by a two-minute silence and a lament uh, from the Queen's Piper. The funeral ends at midday in Westminster. A committal service will follow at 4 p.m., British Standard Time at St. George's Chapel in Windsor. The more intimate setting will include personal touches and private connections. The service includes a Russian kont- kontakian of the departed. Um, one of the Bible's readings, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, w- was also read at the funeral of the, ge- of the Queen's uh, father's, uh, father and grandparents. Um and then the bells of Westminster Abbey will later be rung, um, as a tradition, followed by the funeral of the sovereign. So that is uh, pretty much what uh, we expect uh, uh, to happen this morning. Um, yesterday, I spoke to um, the head of external affairs of the um, MD Muslim community and asked him, about um, the life of the Queen, um, uh, the legacy of the Queen and what the Queen meant to her as well as uh, the community. Let's listen in to what he had to say.
4: Thank you very much uh, Mr. Ameth for joining us uh, today for um, for the remembrance around um, the Queen's funeral and and the uh, the whole uh, 10 days of um, of mourning that uh, the whole nation has been going through so we we thought uh, we'd reach out to you to talk about um, firstly, on the day of her funeral, how can the community members,
3: your community members, show their respect to the Queen? Um, well, thank you for inviting me to the show. The day of the funeral, the state funeral, the nine, uh, this, which will be on Monday the 19th, um, will obviously be a, a you know sad day. It will be a somber day. And um, many people have been... Uh, already paying their respects, you know, through events that we've been holding at our mosques. But also we know that on the day there will be a moment of national silence uh, to reflect on the life and the service of Her Majesty. So uh, our members will certainly be a part of that national um, effort and national moment to reflect and also to pray for Her Majesty, for uh, all the good work that she's done and her life of service, um, and to be honest, you know, tomorrow is one day, but uh, I'm sure they will remember and uh, be um, grateful for the work and the service she's given during her life, not just for one day, but for many years to come. Because it's because of her graciousness that you know we have enjoyed life and continue to enjoy life uh, in this country, uh, which is our country as well.
4: What does, Mr. Ahmed, loyalty mean to you and to your community?
3: Loyalty, as a Muslim, certainly speaking as a Muslim, there's a saying of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that loyalty to one's country is part of one's faith. So it is a religious obligation, a religious duty, that we should be loyal to the country in which we live. So in the same way, for me personally, in the same way that I... Uh, trying my best to fulfill my religious obligations in every aspect of life. Being loyal to one's country is a key and a core part of that. And I think it's really important in this day and age because if you truly love your country and you are truly grateful to God for everything that your country provides and here in the United Kingdom, you know there are many, many things that we are blessed with, then that uh, develops a sense of love and a sense of loyalty uh, that you not only say these words, but you live your life to serve your country, to serve, to to make the country better. And that must be the duty of every citizen of the country, is to work for the country through the love of that country. So that is, to me, true loyalty.
4: You mentioned that the Muslim community has been holding events around the country. Can you tell us a little bit about those events?
3: Yes, of course. So the, when we all heard the news of the death of Queen Elizabeth II. It was a very sad moment. And in fact, for I think all of us, I, it's probably fair to say something we've never had to deal with before because she reigned you know, for 70 years, which is an extremely long time, a lifetime, you could say. So it was a very sad moment. And uh, as part of our sort of um, reflection on her life, we thought it was really important to bring the community together, so not just the members of our community, the MDM Muslim community, but other members of uh, the wider community as well. And we had services and events held at uh, more than 23 of our mosques and places across the UK, including the Bethel-Tapu Mosque, which is uh, in Morden is is the largest mosque in the country, where a thousand people from the community came together. And yes, we had um, speeches from um, um, you know, dignitaries, parliamentarians and other faith representatives. Um, but also I think it was bringing the community together to say, you know, we stand together in this moment of sadness. Uh, we stand together in our prayers and our reflection of uh, Queen, Queen Elizabeth. And also we stand together in gratitude for what she has done during her reign. So it was quite a special thing. And that feeling I'm sure has been reflected across all the events we held across the country.
4: Samad, so you are of course the Head of External Affairs for the Muslim community. Um, however, if I can ask you, what did the Queen
3: mean personally to you? Um, for me, well, um, she's she's my Head of State, my Head of Country. She is the okay. defender of the faith. Uh, she's a monarch. She, it is un, she sets the tone and sets the tempo for the way the country um, operates. And I think for me personally, you know, her rule and her reign has been one that has been respectful of different cultures, traditions and faiths, has been respectful of the contribution that everybody makes. And she was a very kind and generous ruler. Um, I also had the pleasure of meeting her uh, once uh, uh, at the palace, and she was a very warm and kind person during that meeting as well. So I think for us it's a great loss that we have... Lost someone who had those qualities, and this is why when we held the events, and um, the worldwide head of our community, His Holiness also uh, had issued a statement expressing prayers uh, and remorse at the loss of Her Majesty the Queen, and those sentiments were shared at our events as well. And I think you know th- those are sentiments that certainly are shared with you know, with me. I mean, I felt those personally, and obviously we live in hope and. Um, optimism that the new king king charles iii will continue the good work and this was the prayer of his holiness as well that the legacy of the queen is uh, kept alive and the ideas of justice and freedom freedom of religion and fairness continue through the work of king charles iii
4: thank you very much for joining us today thank you
3: You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
2: The head of external affairs within the Muslim community. Um, I thought something of interest for our listeners would be a complete guide um, to the Queen's funeral. Um, um, And, you know, we are aware it's a complete day of emotion, of pomp and ceremony, and the like which I think none of us have ever seen um, for almost 60-odd years. And so at 8am, the Queen's lying in state at Westminster Hall in the heart of London will come to an end. A short distance away at Westminster Abbey, the doors will be open for guests to start arriving ahead of the funeral service at 11am. Heads of state from across the world Having flying to join in uh, with the royal family to remember the Queen's life and service, senior UK politicians and former Prime Ministers will also be there. Members of the royal families from across Europe, many of whom were blood relatives of the Queen, are expected. Belgium's King Philippe and Queen Matilde and Spain's King Philip and Queen Letizia will be there. At this point, the ceremonial part of the day will begin in earnest as the Queen's coffin is lifted from the catafalque where it has been resting since Wednesday afternoon and taken to Westminster Abbey for her funeral service. She will then be carried on the state gun carriage of the Royal Navy drawn by 142 sailors. The carriage was last seen in 1979 for the funeral of Prince Philip's uncle, Lord Mountbatten and was used for the Queen's father, King George VI, in 1952. Senior members of the royal family, including the new king and his sons Prince William and Prince Harry, will follow the gun carriage in procession. The pipes and drums of the Scottish and Irish regiments will lead the ceremony, along with members of the Royal Air Force and the Gurkhas. The route will be lined by the Royal Navy and Royal Marines, and a guide of honour will stand in Parliament Square, made up of all three military services, accompanied by in Royal Marines Band. At 11am, the Queen's funeral service expected to be attended by 2,000 guests will begin at Westminster Abbey. It will be a state funeral, an event typically reserved for kings or queens, which follows strict rules of protocol, such as a military procession and the lying in state. The Abbey hosting the funeral service is the historic church with Britain's kings and queens are crowned, including the Queen's own coronation, in 1953. It was also where the then-Princess Elizabeth married Prince Philip in 1947. There hasn't been a monarch's funeral service in the Abbey since the 18th century, although the funeral of the Queen Mother was held there in 2002. The service will be conducted by the Dean of Westminster, David Hoyle, with the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, giving the sermon. Prime Minister Liz Truss will read a lesson. At 11.55, towards the end of the funeral service, the last post, a short bugle call, will be played, followed by a two-minute national silence. The national anthem and a laminate played by the Queen's Piper will bring the service to an end at about midday. At 12.15, following the service, the Queen's Coffin will be drawn in a walking procession from Westminster Abbey to Wellington Arch at London's Hyde Park Corner the route lined with military personnel and police. Big Ben will toll at one minute intervals as the procession moves slowly through the streets of the capital. Gun salutes will also fire every minute from Hyde Park, and people can watch the procession in person from designated viewing areas along the route. The procession, led by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, will be made up of seven groups, each with its own band. Members of the arrived armed services from the UK and the Commonwealth, the police and the NHS will also be involved. Once again the King will lead members of the royal family, walking behind the gun carriage bearing the Queen's coffin. Camilla the Queen Consort, the Prince of Wales, the Countess of Wessex and the Duchess of Sussex will join the procession in cars. Once at Wellington Arch, at about one o'clock, the coffin will be transferred the new state hearse for its final journey to Windsor Castle. The castle continuously inhabited by 40 monarchs across almost 1,000 years and special significance to the Queen throughout her life. As a teenager she was sent to the castle during the war years as London faced the threat of bombing and more recently she made it her permanent home during the coronavirus pandemic. At 1500 the hearse is expected to arrive for a walking procession at Windsor Castle's Long Walk. The three-mile avenue will be lined with members of the armed forces. Members of the public will be allowed access to the Long Walk to watch the procession pass. The King and senior members of the royal family are expected to join the charge in the quadrangle in Windsor Castle a little later. The castle's Sebastopol and curfew tower bells will be tolled every minute and the gun salutes will be fired from the castle's grounds. At 1600, the coffin will enter St George's Chapel for a committal service. St George's Chapel is the church regularly chosen by the royal family for weddings, christenings and funerals. It is where the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and Meghan, were married in 2018, and where the Queen's late husband, Prince Philip's funeral, was held. The service will include traditions symbolising the end of the Queen's reign. At 1645, the committal service will come to an end, and the King and members of the royal family will leave the chapel. At 7.30 that evening, at a private family service, the Queen will be buried together with her late husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, at the King George VI Memorial Chapel, located inside St George's Chapel. A marble slab will be engraved, Elizabeth II, 1926-2022 so that's a sort of a um an in-depth outline as to the complete guide to the queen's funeral um and the procession
1: that thank you thank that's you very much for that um uh imams and <coughs> we we've, we've spoken to uh, a number of people about um uh, about that's the queen and what the queen meant meant to them we've played uh, one interview of the head of external affairs from the amdi muslim community we spoke earlier uh with um, Elliot Corbin, who is the MP for Wallington and Carl Shalton as well. Let's listen in to what she had to say.
0: As-salamu Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for inviting me here today in memory of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. In opening, I would like to thank His Holiness Hazrat Mizra Masoor Ahmed, worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community the his kind words in marking the passing of her late majesty. His holiness remarks about the length of the Queen's service and her presiding over a Britain that was a beacon of religious freedom around the world. And I know that his words will be deeply felt by many across the UK and around the world. And I've spoken to many of my own Carshalton and Wallington constituents, including from the Amadeer Muslim community, Who either had the privilege of meeting Her Majesty or felt a connection to her and seen tributes from around the world to those lives who she touched, whether they met her in person or not. Today we mark the Queen leaving Buckingham Palace for the final time as she begins her lying in state in Westminster Hall before her funeral next Monday. And our thoughts and prayers at this time are with His Majesty King Charles III and the royal family as they mourn not just the loss of a great Queen, but also the loss of a mother, a grandmother, a great grandmother and a beloved family member. During this time of mourning, we have an opportunity to reflect on her life and service that she gave to this country, the Commonwealth and the wider world. Much has been said about the Queen's life, but that is to be expected, as her life and her service were nothing short of remarkable. At the age of just 21, speaking on her birthday in South Africa, she made a solemn promise to serve faithfully throughout the whole of her life. And I think I speak for all when I say that that promise was more than delivered. She ascended the throne at the age of just 25, taking on that enormous responsibility that comes with head of state, but doing so with grace and dignity. And for all 70 years of her reign, she continued to serve with that same grace and dignity to become our longest reigning monarch. Her life was marked with remarkable achievements, including her time in the armed forces, the sheer number of visits she undertook, her charitable endeavors, overseeing 15 prime ministers and much more. And those 70 years saw this country and the world change beyond all recognition. But in the good times and the bad, Her Majesty the Queen was there as a reassuring, and a uniting presence. And I believe her loss is felt all the more deeply by us all, because in our hearts, we know we've not just lost a dedicated monarch, but that familiarity in an ever-changing world and the service the likes of which we are unlikely to see again in our lifetimes. Whether we met her or not, we all felt a connection to the Queen in some way. But now our time has come to say goodbye and allow Elizabeth the Great to go to her final rest. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. Long live the King.
1: So that was uh, Elliot Coburn, MP for Wallington and Gar Sholton. Um, We spoke also with uh, Councillor Trish Fivet, the Mayor of the Borough. Let's listen into what uh, the Mayor had to say.
5: Thank you for inviting me to Queen Elizabeth II Remembrance event this evening. For many of us, this will be a very sad time as we have lost a figure who has provided us with comfort, leadership and a sense of pride in who we are as a people. At the same time, I was honoured on Sunday afternoon to have given the proclamation of the ascension of His Majesty King Charles III to the people of Sutton in Trinity Square, where I was joined by a great many people. The death of Queen Elizabeth II, something we all knew would come, and yet somehow we believe it may not happen so soon. It has caused me to reflect on just how much of history she actually witnessed throughout her life. She was born in 1920s, long before most of us here. Yet still, she was a working queen right up to the very end. She came to the throne with Sir Winston Churchill as prime minister. She saw 14 more prime ministers and asked the latest one to form a government in her name only last week. She became queen when two world wars had ended, but the country was still subject to food rationing. She would still see more wars across the globe, yet she also saw immense achievements. Man stepped into the summit of Everest, and then onto the moon. Her roles were numerous. She was a driver and a mechanic in the British Army during World War II, then Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, Supreme Governor of the Church of England and Head of the Commonwealth. We all felt that we knew her. She was a mother, a wife, a sister, a daughter, a grandmother and a great-grandmother. Such a unique blend of duties are now invested in the King to whom we now give our support and service as he seeks to continue the legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. The next week will bring about a lying state, a funeral and Her Majesty's burial at Windsor Castle. Many of the things to come in the weeks, months and years ahead we cannot be certain of, but I am certain that today I'm glad to be able to share this event with you all. Thank you.
1: So that was the uh, mayor of the Borough of Sutton, uh, Councillor Trish Fivey. Um, there was um, uh, a convention uh, held last week, um, the annual convention of the M- the Muslims uh, Youth Association, um, and uh, the Queen's death and her life uh, really was um, a subject of discussion um, there as well, um, and, and she was certainly remembered in that uh, in that forum as well. We um, interviewed some uh, members of the youth association. Here's what they had to say about the Queen.
6: So it's quite a sad and somber occasion this year, sadly following the demise of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was the mother of the nation. She has served the country for 70 years, more than 70 years. And it's a really sad news that, in my heart, it was because the mother of the nation has passed away. And to me, England means everything. To me, the United Kingdom is everything. It's my nation. And I am ready to serve this nation any cause I can. And I can sacrifice anything, like, whenever the nation needs me, I would be there for the service. Her Majesty was a great advocate of humanitarian causes uh, and as Humanity First, serving varying humanitarian projects, not only in the UK but across the world, many of our youngsters have taken a lot of vision and inspiration from her as well. Yes, the obviously had been pre-planned for a very, very long time, um, but fortunately we heard the sad news of the Queen's passing on Thursday evening, um, which was very sad news for us. Um, our Khalifa shared his thoughts and his prayers for the Queen, which we all share as the Muslims, share as well. We are mourning our Queen, and the fact that our celebration of the Ishtama, which is generally an event of celebration, needs to take that into consideration as well. So one thing that I've noticed is that the flags
0: that have been hoisted have been hoisted to half-mast. When, as soon as we heard, Uh, we immediately lowered the flags to half-mast and uh, uh, we scaled back some uh, uh, of our activities. The Khudam Ishtuma is mostly about spirituality, it's mostly about education, that's a core theme that runs throughout it anyway and especially this year the theme is honouring our pledge Uh, and so we thought that you know there's, there's no better way to commemorate Her Majesty than to actually think about how best we can honor our pledges. The pledges that we've made to Huzoor, to to Khilafat, to um, ourselves, and most importantly to Allah as well.
6: In the same way, I've seen a very interesting exhibition that they've set up um, in memory of the Queen as well. Um, And uh, we've not been able to also have our, some of our outdoor sports as well. Again, just out of respect for the Queen and her passing.
0: And uh, our prayers go out for her and her family. Uh, So the Queen for me is a, quintessential figure, um, figurehead for not only myself but also for the nation as well. She served uh, her country well over the past 70 years Uh, and one of the things that I take away from the Queen's life is how, with such vigour, that she um, fulfilled her duty towards um, England, United Kingdom and the Commonwealth countries Uh, and that's something that I I tie in with myself uh, and the pledge uh, that I uh, take when it comes to uh much as as well uh, where it says that i that i shall sacrifice my time wealth and honor for the sake of my country and nation um and i really believe that the queen was a quintessential example of serving um her country and uh, something that i would like to um to do as well for the rest of my life as well you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed Assalamu
1: alaikum wabarakatuh. Wa May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to this live edition of The Breakfast Show from South London Studios of Voice of Islam. Today is Monday the 19th of September 2022 and this morning we're talking about the life of the Queen, um, the legacy of the Queen um, and um, we thought it would be in uh, keeping in place with the occasion today to, to recap um, the events of uh, the last uh, 10 days or so. So, um, on Thursday, the 8th of September, Buckingham Palace announced that Her Majesty the Queen had died peacefully at the age of 96 um, at the Balmoral Castle. Uh, on Friday, the 9th of September, King Charles and Camilla, Queen Consort, attended an audience with the Prime Minister Liz Truss. The Queen's coffin remained in Balmoral Castle. Uh, the royal family opened an online book of condolences for the Queen, which is available to sign on their website. Royal salutes were fired by the Honourable Artillery Artillery Company at the Tower of London and in Hyde Park from 1pm. 96 shots were fired for each of the Queen's life. King King Charles made his first address to the country where he paid tribute to his mother, expressing how she has always been an inspiration and exemplary to him and his family. He also appointed Prince William as the new Prince of Wales. On Saturday, the 10th of September, King Charles III was proclaimed Proclaimed as the new king at the age of 73, he is the oldest heir to assume the throne. On Sunday the 11th of September, the Queen's coffin was driven to her smallest castle in, in Scotland, Holyrood House. Monas gathered at Balmoral Castle to pay their respects and mourners also gathered in cities where Queen's coffin passed. On Monday the 12th of September, the Queen's coffin was moved to St. Giles Cathedral on the 13th of september the queen's coffin was flown to london the coffin then travelled by his to buckingham palace where people uh, lined the streets to watch it pass lying in state um the queen uh, lying in state of the queen's um um cottage was uh, uh was kept until the morning was to be kept until the morning of the funeral which is today um, lying-in-state is, um, is described as a formal occasion in which a coffin is placed in view to allow the public to pay their respects to the deceased before the funeral ceremony. Lying-in-state in the UK is given to a sovereign a head of state, the current or past queen consort, and sometimes former prime ministers as well. Um, many notable occasions of lying-in-state have taken place in Westminster Hall at the Houses of Parliament a few days before the funeral ceremony, including... In 1898, uh, of that of William um, Ewart Gladstone. In 1910, King Edward the Seventh. In 1936, King George the Fifth. In 1952, King George the Sixth. Uh, in 1953, Queen Queen Mary. In 1965, Sir Winston Churchill, uh, and in 2002, Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother. Um, on days 6th, 7th, and 8th, thousands of people came to visit the Queen's coffin with a wait time uh, as long as 24 hours. A live tracker was set up to measure how long the queue was and what the wait time was. Royal vigils were held where members of the royal family visited the Queen's coffin to pay their respects. Some members of the royal family also visited members of the public who queued up to see the Queen. That included uh, King Charles III and... Um, and Prince of Wales, uh, uh, Prince William. Uh, Yesterday at 8pm, a nationwide one-minute silence was observed. Today is the 10th day and marks the day of the Queen's funeral. This morning, the lying-in state um, came to an end, and the Queen's funeral will begin at 11am at Westminster Abbey. At 8 a.m. today, which is about um, 15 minutes ago, the doors to Westminster Abbey uh, were opened where the funeral will be held um, and 2,000 guests uh, or invitees are expected to attend that event. At 10.35 a.m. today, Her Majesty the Queen's Coffin will leave its current location of Westminster Hall, where Her Majesty was lying in state, and travel in the state gun carriage to Westminster Abbey. A procession will lead through New Palace Yard, Parliament Square, and Broad Sanctuary, and the Sanctuary before reaching the Abbey. It will be led by King Charles, Prince Anne, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward, along with Prince William and Harry. At uh, 10.52 a.m., the Queen's Coffin will arrive at Westminster Abbey and the funeral, as mentioned, will begin at 11 a.m. At 12 p.m., the UK will observe a two-minute silence at the end of the Queen's funeral. At 12.15 p.m. today, after the funeral, the Queen's Coffin will travel from Westminster Abbey to to Windsor, which will be her final resting place. Indeed, it will be. And
2: you know throughout her majesty's um reign you know through her various jubilees um the amdi muslim community has you know written various letters um, and most notably his holiness the current caliph of the amdi muslim community has on each jubilee written to her majesty um congratulating her and before me is the letter um, for when we were celebrating her majesty's diamond jubilee back In 2012, and I'll just read a couple of um, lines from what His Holiness had written. And I uh, quote here that His Holiness writes, As the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and on behalf of the millions of members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community worldwide, I express my heartfelt congratulations to Her Majesty the Queen on the joyous occasion of the Diamond Jubilee. We are expe- exceptionally grateful to God the Almighty for enabling us to partake in this glorious celebration, in particular, all Ahmadiyya Muslims who are citizens of the United Kingdom. great pleasure and pride in the occasion of the diamond jubilee therefore on their behalf i convey sincere and heartfelt congratulations to her majesty may god the exalted keep our generous queen perpetually in happiness and contentment so it shows that the community has always had a great love and affection um, and reverence uh, with her majesty the queen throughout her tenure as the reigning monarch of the united kingdom and the commonwealth um and i think there'll be various communities not only the muslims uh, but various other communities um Mm -hmm. out there will certainly remember uh, the queen and i think correct me if i'm wrong but the queen on various occasions used to say that you know she has to be seen to be believed and that's how she traveled you know so vastly to various parts of the world so that people could recognize her as the monarch um, and that was, you know, the queen. Um, she, she met so many people, touched so many hearts. Uh, you know, and now we, you know, through the various media outlets, we find various people telling their stories of, um, for example, there was one story in America when she went to um, to Brooklyn, perhaps. Um, and, you know, she visited some homes, new developments, and, you know, people there perhaps weren't really acquainted with the protocol. And this one lady mm. actually hugged the queen. Um, yeah. and, um, and the lady offered her whatever she had made at home. And they, mm. even after, after the queen had left, they named that the street uh, the Queen's Stroll because <laughs> she was strolling around the queen. But, um, mm. so many stories uh, of how she
1: touched so many different people in different parts of the world. Um, Absolutely, I was listening actually to uh, one of the BBC programs where they were talking about. How the local community in uh, in, Bal- in and around Balmoral Castle in yeah. Scotland yeah. they uh, felt as if they have lost a member of their family because the royal family was actually exactly that to them mm. a member of their um, uh, their, uh, their extended family extended they family, used yeah. to uh, to roam about in streets there they used to um, treat them as their own they used to uh, you know take part in their festivities so it's uh it was um uh you know that that was her style really to be you know to very grounded person as she as she was uh, it also reminds me of um, I don't, i'm i'm sure you would have um, seen that clip uh, where um uh, you know, talks about her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she, um, uh, there were a couple of Americans, I think, tourists, mm-hmm. who were uh, roaming about in the in the mountains um, around Balmoral Castle, and and the Queen happened to be there as well, um, uh, with her, um, I think, uh, private secretary, and um, and they started chatting with the Queen without knowing who she was, and and one of them asked, uh, "Have you met the Queen?" Uh, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> and she, you know. Uh, quick-witted and uh, and um uh, you know uh, f- funny as she was mm. and a great uh, sense of humor so she said um well I haven't uh but this guy over here uh, has been meeting her <laughs> <laughs> and they immediately gave the camera to the queen to take a picture of them with that guy wow uh, so um yeah so she she really had um had a great sense of humor and uh, and a quick wit as well oh. yeah. I mean there's so many stories
2: um uh, you know yeah. With David Attenborough walking through the um, I think Palace Gardens in Buckingham Palace, there's a sundial mm-hmm. and it was um, overshadowed by trees. Mm-hmm. And so, David Attenborough pointed this out, What's been why, why is the sundial there? And then she was she just obviously turned it into a bit of a joke, but that was the character of the Queen, um, you know, not taking everything um, too seriously, right, you know, exactly. where things didn't need to be taken too seriously, exactly. and um, yeah. you know, really. Being the people's queen um, and that's what she'll be remembered for you know being okay. in touch with and uh, moving with the times mm. um, you know Massively. not being um, you know, stuck in the you know sort of the past eras as, as it were but um, we'll take a short break and after the break we'll continue with the theme uh, of remembering her late majesty the Queen Elizabeth
0: II <laughs>
3: You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio.
1: Right, um... Welcome back to this um, live edition of The Breakfast Show. We're talking this morning about the Queen, the life of the Queen, the legacy of the Queen. Um, let me play now uh, a short clip from the um, the um, head of the Anwadiyya Muslim community uh, in United Kingdom um, uh, where, where he passed um, his um, uh, uh, both condolences and talked about the life uh, of the Queen. Let's listen into what he had to say.
6: Arzu Billahi <laughs> min rajim Bismillahir-Rahmanir-Raheem respected guests, ladies and gentlemen, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. It is indeed a very sad occasion that we meet here to reminisce about the life of our monarch who had been with us as monarch for over 70 years. When we meet at such occasions, of course, we meet with sadness, but it can also be a celebration in that we remember all the good things that a person has left behind. And that is what we are doing here today. You know, when the leader of our community passed away, the whole community was affected greatly for the loss that we incurred. But as soon as the new leader was elected, it's a very odd feeling because you're going from a very sad emotion to something which gives you a security for the future and today we reminisce on the great work that the Queen has done but also we should remember that God has blessed us with a King now and we should pray for him that may God bless him so that he can lead the country in these very troubled times that we're going through and We pray for him that may God always bless his endeavors and that he uses wisdom to take us into the next era. Now we, the Muslim community, are obviously deeply saddened by the demise of Her Majesty the Queen. And it is our tradition that when someone passes away we recite the Quranic prayer which Stephen recited earlier that says surely to God we belong and to him shall we return. We draw comfort from the fact that life does not simply end, but the soul lives on and pray that God Almighty rewards her majesty abundantly for all the good that she had done on this earth. We mourn her loss and we stand united with the nation and the rest of the world, in praying respect to her. She was a unique queen, a queen for all of us, regardless of faith, color, race, background. She was our queen. She provided stability in our national life, was a source of happiness, a true servant of the people, and in her compassion, and she cared for all her subjects. Now, during these last few days, we have heard a lot of stories about the Queen, but the one that captured my heart was a story which one of her advisers was giving to the press. Now, please forgive me if I don't have all the details correct, but it captures the essence of what our Queens about. So in this story, we see her selflessness, we see her compassion, we see her warmth, we see her sense of humor, and we also see how she reached out to everyone. The person relating the story said that they were en route near Windsor Castle, and they saw these two young men walking towards them. And when they came up uh, to the Majesty, they didn't recognize her, so they started, and Her Majesty started talking to them and said, How are you? Where have you come from? And they said, We have come from the United States. And then they asked the Queen, Do you live locally? And she said, uh, No, I live in London, but I have a holiday home here. And uh, said, uh, the, and These were two Americans. And they said, We hear that the Queen lives here. Uh, have you ever met her? And she said, no, I haven't met her, but this gentleman with me has met her several times. So the two Americans got very excited because they were with somebody who had met the Queen. So they wanted to take photographs with her. So they went next to him and gave the camera to the Queen, saying, could you please take photographs? We want to have this as a memorable event that we met somebody who met the Queen. And the Queen obliged and then they went away very happy that they had met somebody who knew the Queen and the Queen turned around to the advisor and said I would like to be a fly on the wall when they actually realize who they met <laughs> so that was the Queen that we had as a monarch of our country now She reigned over 70 years and had a truly remarkable ability to guide and influence without being an interventionist. And that's a truly rare skill. A word or a simple gesture or expression from Her Majesty carried the values of a thousand words. She was in touch with her people and built a bond so that We all shared in her happiness and felt concerns at times of anxiety. But throughout, she never overlooked her primary duty to the people and provided stability and assurance and hope. Not only was she the head of state, but as has been mentioned several times, she was also a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. And was a shining example of a public sermon dedicated to her country, nation, and commonwealth. Our community has had a very historical relationship with the British monarchy. And our founder was always grateful for the freedom granted under Queen Victoria and wrote a special book for her Diamond Jubilee in 1897. And then he wrote a further book, Star of Empress, in 1899. And our second caliph also wrote a book in the honor of Prince of Wales, Prince Edward. And during the Queen's Diamond Jubilee and her recent Platinum Jubilee, His Holiness, the leader of our community, sent gifts and wrote to the Queen, thanking her for the great service that she's done to our country, and also the fact that she allowed total freedom of conscience, of religion, of faith to the people of this country. The sentiments of our community are best summed up in a statement issued by the worldwide head of the community, His Holiness, Hassan, Ahmed, who said, the death of Her Majesty II is a truly great loss for the United Kingdom and Commonwealth. Um, Amdi Muslims will remain forever grateful for the way Her Majesty served her people with immense dignity, grace, and unwavering dedication throughout her long reign. On behalf of the worldwide Um, Amdi Muslim community, I wish to express our most sincere condolences to His Majesty King Charles III, the members of the royal family, and to the nation. May God grant them all patience and strength to deal with this tremendous loss. It is indeed a sad day for us today and we remember our beloved Queen and we pay respect to her and it is a tradition that we are proud to continue and express our abiding loyalty to the King and country. It is our religious duty. So we also pray that the Queen's rich legacy will continue during the reign of her successor, His Majesty King Charles III, and we wish him good health and long life and a blessed reign. We remain ever grateful to the Queen for her reign and remain ever loyal to the new King. God save the King. Amen. As is uh, tradition, as we come to the end of this memorial service, we end our events with silent prayer. And I request you to please join us in silent prayer. And afterwards, we have some refreshments for all of our guests. Please join us in that as well. Please join me in silent prayer.
2: So that was a, a clip um, um, which was uh, by the President of the United Kingdom, um, giving his respects and remarks regarding the the late Queen Elizabeth II. And after the the imminent demise, after the Queen's imminent demise, the M of the Muslim community um, issued an official press release in which it stated, His Holiness, Hazrat Mr Musul Ahmed, has said, The death of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II is truly a great loss for the UK and Commonwealth, and the Muslims will forever remain grateful for the way Her Majesty has served her people with immense dignity, grace and unwavering dedication throughout her long reign. On behalf of the worldwide Ahmadiyya Muslim community, I wish to express our most sincere condolences to His Majesty King Charles III, members of the royal family and the nation. May God the Almighty grant them patience and strength to deal with this tremendous loss. And in his concluding speech at the annual gathering of the Amdia Youth Association, his earlyness shared faith-inspiring advice to youth members and further paid tribute to the life and service of the late queen. He stated, and I quote, the queen was our long-serving head of state. She led this nation with great dignity and justice for over 70 years. During her reign, the United Kingdom remained a beacon of religious freedom in the world. Indeed, the Queen herself advocated for true religious freedom and interfaith harmony on many occasions. Thus, we are grateful to have lived under such a gracious monarch. His Holiness further stated, As Ahmadi Muslims, we should be particularly appreciative of the fact that we were given the opportunity to establish our community's international headquarters, after the migration of the 4th Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in the UK during the reign of Queen Elizabeth and have been able to practice and propagate our religion freely. In this regard, we will always be grateful to Queen Elizabeth, the British government and this nation. Furthermore, we pray that our new Head of State, King Charles III, continues to ensure that religious freedom and justice for all people remains a hallmark of this nation, and that the rights of the people are always fulfilled. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community all over the country have held remembrance events in honour and respect for the Queen. Many were attended by local politicians, friends and members. In an article published in Al-Hakam, which is a publication within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, an individual writes that the Ahmadiyya tradition of loyalty with the British monarchy started naturally with the writings of the founder of Ahmadiyyat, Hazrat Mizul Ghulam Ahmed, p- be upon him, the founder of the Islamic sect known as Ahmadiyya. He was born in the time of the British Raj and remained a British subject for uh, living all his life in British India. This alone was enough to justify his loyalty and his call for all British-Indian subjects for the same. It was and is an Islamic tenet for a citizen to remain loyal and faithful to the ruler of the land. However, he emphasised that this sentiment of loyalty stemmed from the freedom of faith that all citizens under the British rule, something that the native rulers had failed to provide. Where Christians enjoyed freedom, Muslims too were free to call their azan, perform their religious rituals and profess. Their faith. The same was the case for adherents of all other faiths, many as they were in the vast Indian subcontinent. It was not only Hazrat Ahmed, the founder of the sect within Islam, who practiced and called for this loyalty from among the Muslims. There was rather a significant number of individual Muslim scholars and Islamic unjurans that expressively stood for the same, heavily dotted across the vast length and breadth. Of India. So, in essence, service and loyalty to one's faith and country has had a huge implication in terms of the religion of Islam. The Holy Quran, in chapter four, verse sixty, states, "O ye who believe, obey God and obey the Prophet, and obey those in authority from among you." And in chapter five, verses verse nine, Allah the Almighty states, "O ye who believe, be steadfast in the cause of Allah, bearing witness in equity." And not not a people's enmity incites you to act otherwise than with justice be always just that is nearer to righteousness and fear allah surely allah is aware of what you do so from these two verses we're told that we have to make sure that we do abide by and show a great amount of loyalty to the nation that we reside in the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him is reported to have said Love for one's nation is a part of faith. And to truly love God, Islam, requires one to love their nation. It's incumbent upon Muslims from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and us all to demonstrate the highest levels of love and loyalty. And the question actually arises, how, to, how, how does one go about this? Well, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is active in helping the communities that it lives in it helps raise money for various charities and advocates helping nations reaching their full potential both spiritually economically and socially and in essence that's what a, a, a complete religion really does it provides a support from you know the grassroots all the way up to um, you know establishments um, and this element of being loyal i think it's it's an intrinsic part of what Islam is. Um it's a huge aspect of loyalty in general, not only to just uh, religion, but to the people that we, um, you know, one submits towards, are a leader, um, and indeed, you know, a nation. And it composes, you know, quite a bit this aspect of loyalty. Um and, you know, from the Ahmadiyya point of view, you know, wherever we may be, whether it's United Kingdom or any other country, um, we always you know, through our pledges that we announce through our various uh, gatherings, national gatherings. You know, we pledge allegiance to our our country, um, which is a huge part of being an Ahmadi. Um and that's why you'll find so many Ahmadis in various parts um, of uh, society. You know, working in various sectors, various industries, supporting uh, in the nation, which is, I think, a core belief of every Muslim.
1: Right thank you very much uh, for that uh, Imam Shahzeb uh, so the royal family and the country will say the last farewell to queen elizabeth the Second during a state funeral at westminster abbey today in about 3 hours time um police have described the security operation of the uh, for the around 2000 strong congregation um As the uh, largest ever, more than 10,000 officers will be on duty today. Uh, 18 members of the Queen's family, led by the King, including the Duke and and the Duchess of Sussex, will be present. In a statement, the king said he and the queen consort had been moved beyond measure by those who had paid their respects to the late queen. Over the last 10 days, my wife and I have been so deeply touched by the many messages of condolence and support we have received from this country and across the world. He added, as we all prepare to say our last farewell, I wanted simply to take this opportunity to say thank you to all those countless people who have been such a support and comfort to my family and myself. In this time of grief, US President Joe Biden visited Westminster Hall to pay pay his respects to the late Queen attending the lying in state with the First Lady Jill Biden before an official state reception hosted by the King at Buckingham Palace on Sunday evening for about 500 presidents, prime ministers, royalty, and other dignitaries from across the globe who have been invited to attend the state funeral. On Sunday night, a one-minute silence was held across the UK at 8 p.m. The Queen's coffin, surmounted by the imperial state crown, the orb and the scepter will be placed before the same altar where she married Prince Philip and where she made her coronation oath. Both services include some deeply personal touches about which the Queen was consulted. At the start of the service... um, a specially commissioned a choral piece uh, shall be played. Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, Welby will deliver the sermon. Um, the uh, the Dean will pay tribute to the lost uh, to the late Queen um, uh, in the bidding. Here is Saint George's Chapel. Uh, During the service, the imperial state crown orb and scepter will be removed from the coffin and placed on the high altar. The queen's company camp colour is placed on the coffin by the king, having received it from the regimental lieutenant colonel of the Grenadier Guards. The Lord Chamberlain breaks his wand of office, which is then placed upon the coffin. The coffin is then lowered into the royal vault as the garter king at arms reads reads aloud Queen Elizabeth II's styles and titles. The Queen's piper will play a lament. She will then be buried next to the Duke of Edinburgh in the King George VI Memorial Chapel in a private ceremony attended by family later in the evening. Now more about the um the Windsor uh Windsor St George's Chapel um where the final service uh of the members of the royal family um will take place. So the construction of the chapel was started by Edward the 4th in 1475 and completed by Henry the 8th in 1528. The chapel is the spiritual home of the Order of the Garter founded by Edward the 3rd. In 1348, the Queen, installed as a member of the Order of the Garter in 1948, attended an annual service of Thanksgiving on Garter Day most years. It was the place where four times during her reign, she distributed the Monty money to recipients from across the UK. The chapel has also been the venue for numerous family occasions, including the confirmation of the Duke of Cambridge in 1997, the weddings of three grandchildren, Peter Phillips, the Duke of Sussex and Princess Eugene, uh, and the funeral of Prince Philip. After the service, the Queen's final resting place will be in the King George VI Memorial Chapel, an annexe to the St. George's Chapel. It was commissioned by the Queen in 1962, in line with the late father's wishes of not wanting to be buried long-term in the royal Vault. There she will join her father, George VI, the Queen Mother, and her sister, Princess Margaret, Princess Prince Philip is in the royal vault, but will be moved to lie besides her um, in the chapel. It was designed by George Pace and was completed in 1969. It is a simple, intimate place, just 5.5 meters high and 3 meters wide with a depth of 4.25 meters. So that um, uh, explains um, or summarizes the events which are um, supposed to take place um, today starting uh, 11 a.m. this morning um, at Westminster Abbey. Um,
2: I guess it will be nice in that that sort of sense that she'll be next to her late husband. um, And indeed her family, you know, her Mm. her mother, her father and her sister. Absolutely. Um, So I guess that's um, all really panned out. I
1: think the way that they really wanted it to be. Absolutely. I mean, this is obviously something that uh, that she had planned, and mm-hmm. um, uh, the the royal family actually had been planning, uh, as well as the government had been planning um, uh, for uh, for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We're coming towards the uh, the end of the show, Imam Shahzib. Um, your final thoughts. I mean, you read out um, excerpts of uh, of what His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmad um, said um loyalty is a very very important part of the faith of a muslim um but personally um uh, you know having uh, having been part of this country having been part of um um uh, having seen the last uh, the events of the last few days your personal thoughts on on the queen what she meant to you what 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 you think uh she meant to the country i think the queen is the
2: epitome of service and a life of service rather, and of commitment. Till our last breath, she was, you know, they say opening those red boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, She accepted the incoming prime minister's request to lead Her Majesty's government. And, you know, that in essence was the queen. You know, we find the retirement age around 60 odd years nowadays, but you know, for a monarch, it's Until their last breath, and that's what you know she she sort of showed us um and you know to say anything more would really um be less you know any, anything else really would doesn't really capture um what the queen was um and that's why it's you know so important for us to look towards that um be inspired by her actions um and take something away you know um and uh, really try to um Replicate at least, uh, you know, a percentage of what she did, um, well. even in su- such an old age, you know, and that's extended throughout her family. You know, they say Princess Anne, uh, the Princess's role is the hardest working role, uh, exactly. with you know, five hundred yeah. or so engagements a year. So, this is, I think, a sort of um, a legacy that she's left within, um, and and it's seen throughout her own family, um, and it's you know brilliant that if we. You know, as Muslims can pick up on these sort of points, you know, that also sort of enhance our abilities here on Earth for the limited time that we are here.
1: Exactly. You know, thank you for that, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, seventy years is a long time, Mm. and uh, and yet, you know, her her life was absolutely spotless. It was exemplary. Um, She class diplomacy. Absolutely, you know, mm. she didn't set one foot wrong. Yeah. She she was just impeccable the way she carried her, her sense of duty, um, uh, the um, the consistency mm. that she had, uh, and and there were many many challenges. Remember throughout yes. her reign, I mean it's, it it yeah. wasn't something, it wasn't a smooth ride for her. Mm. Let's not forget, you know, even a, until what last year, her own son was involved in a in mm. a controversy. So there have been many challenges. A lot of challenges, you know, the death
2: of Diana, you know, various okay, world right. leaders coming around yeah. in Putin, what have you, you know, um, it's question marks over, even now, you know, question marks over if certain world leaders should come if or mm. if certain shouldn't come. Um, and the way that she handled it all was just, you know, as we expected it to be, mm. you know, of mm. such a high caliber, of, of, of such a great uh, diplomacy, um, the likes of which are you know, scarcely seen around the world. So, yeah, yeah, I think she'll be fervently missed. And, you know, it goes without saying that King Charles III
1: has a you know, huge shoes to fill. 100%. And and really all the best, and our best wishes and prayers mm. to King Charles um, as well. Right, so that brings us end uh, towards the end of today's show, which was really about the Queen, about the life of the Queen, about the legacy of the Queen, about uh, celebrating her life. Um... I must thank our producers, uh, Sima Brahman and Faisal Chima, our researcher, Saira Ahmed, um, excellent support uh, from the tech office uh, by Mr. Zishan, uh, as well as my um, co presenter, Imam Shahzeb. Thank you very much uh, to all the listeners for joining us uh, this morning on this Bank Holiday Monday. Um, as mentioned before, the funeral services uh, will commence. Uh, at 11 a.m. at Westminster Abbey. Um, we wish all the listeners um, all the very best. Um, until next week, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.